0: <clears throat> and I'll tell you why that is it's because I sense and feel the love you have for one another for the Lord it's, it's a beautiful song I'm hearing being sung my wife this morning we were walking in to the house this morning and she said <clears throat> such beautiful weather why do we live somewhere where there's so much humidity <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you my answer my answer was if it weren't for our children we wouldn't we'd live here I don't know if that's the right reason or not but we have children back there that we want to be a part of their lives and they want us a part of their lives and and uh, so that's why we're there but <clears throat> I've wondered many times and thought many times. Prayed for you very much over the years. And I still do that. And I have been and am very blessed with what I see has grown from a few families seeking the Lord. Sincerely wanting to walk with God. It's had its ups and downs. We all know that. And we also know that while we're on and up right now. The devil is trying to take us down. But if we continue to sing together harmoniously, we can weather those things. I read this morning as I was preparing for this message a little allegory. And I don't know the name of it. But it was an allegory of... And it wasn't Pilgrim's Progress. It's that same thing. But he was saying that there was a, there was a, uh, a warrior... A brother who had been captured by the enemy, and they had put him in the in the in the um, castle of despair, I think it was. And these other warriors were attempting to rescue him. And they, <clears throat> because of their love for him, their dependence upon the word of God, and their dependence on the Spirit of God, they were able to go into this castle, fight off the enemy, and rescue him out. <clears throat> My point in that is this. You have for many years proven your dependency upon the Word of God. You've proven your dependency upon the Spirit of God. And you've used that as a way to withstand the darts of the enemy. And you have overcome. That doesn't mean that Now now you're on a plane and a plateau higher than where he can reach. He'll do whatever it takes to bring you down. He'll do whatever it takes to destroy this church. But you have power. You keep singing together like you have been. I watch in brothers' meetings and I hear things as your brothers' meetings and I, I see you each one being willing to submit your heart to the voice of the greater brotherhood. That's beautiful. That's what makes this church what it is. And young people, young people, your parents have set forth to you an example. They have set a direction. They are setting a direction. They're continuing to set the direction. Young people, hold on to that direction. Don't let it go. You may think there's Maybe something a little better. Maybe there's something a little more fun. Maybe that's not necessary. Maybe it's not, but let me say this. To release something, to let something go, to walk away from something is only to create change. And change doesn't know where to stop. To let something go only gives you the opportunity to do something, to let something else go, and something else go, and something else go. Hold on to what you've got. Hold on to this unity and this love and this this harmony that you have here. Hold on to it. That's not really my message, but yet it is my message. This morning, Brother Mike had a little children's lesson up here. And he spoke to the children. He spoke to all of us. Brother Mike, you spoke to my heart. I want to love God with all my heart. And I want to love his people. And I want to love each other with all my heart. And I want you to know, and I think you know, I love you. I do. And I realize it's not about me. I'm not the one who has made this church at all. You have made this church because you have been willing to walk with God. You've been willing to stand and face the enemy. You've been willing to hold on to what you know is true. Don't let it go. <clears throat> you were talking this morning about love. You were talking about... Brother Mike talked about love. You talked about love and this this... As you talked this morning in your Church Matters discussion. <clears throat> I want to say this. I, it, it, it's just amazing to me how God can work. But Ann and I were out in our little RV this morning. We were talking a little bit. And we were talking about love. we were talking about the fact that love is only love as it sacrifices. That's the example. That's the basis of love. I can have these warm fuzzy feelings towards you or you towards me or towards each other. And that's okay. But when I really truly love, I'm willing to sacrifice. And Jesus showed us that love in His sacrifice. And we're, if He had not sacrificed that love or give, shown us that love in that sacrifice, we'd say, does He really love us? But we see that He did. Same thing with us. You sacrifice your time for Brother Mike. He's very appreciative. And God bless you, Brother Mike. And God bless each of you. But as you each one sacrifice yourself because you love one another. That means that it's not going to be easy. Sacrifices are not something that's nice and easy and smooth. Sacrifice is something that costs. In sacrifice, something dies. There's death in sacrifice. And the death that, you, that we give when we give a true agape love is a, is a death of myself. I'm willing to give up myself. I may think differently. But my brotherhood thinks this. I submit. Gladly and willingly. I may think differently, but my wife or my husband thinks this we submit one to another. That's true love. <clears throat> I want to talk about <laughs> amazingly how how similarly what I have to say is what we've talked about already this morning, both in your, your discussion and the children's lesson, and that is one another. One another. Back home, we see a lot of horses out in the field. They still farm with horses out there. Many times, if it's a light load, they'll have two horses. Or if they're plowing and doing something heavy, they'll have as many as six horses pulling the plow down through the field. I've never driven a horse like that. I don't know what that's like. I don't know. I don't know. All I can do is watch and I can listen. And what I hear is and what I see is if there's one horse is a slacker, one horse is a slacker. All the other five have to work that much harder. That's not harmony. Harmony is when they're all pulling and they all walk down through the field there and it just moves right along. That's what I'm talking about. I also thought of the picture of a of a bicycle built for two. Two people on the bicycle and their, their pedals are going around simultaneously right with it. It's a beautiful picture of harmony. I've also thought of this, and maybe you've seen it. I've never seen it in real life. I've only seen it in pictures. These rowing teams, there's, I don't know, six or eight of them in there and they're racing. And they run those rows, they go in; those oars, they go in unison. And they've practiced this. And they've committed one to another. I will pull my share of the load. It, it's beautiful to see them, see those rows just, just like clockwork. That kind of a picture is what I want to give to you as you, as we as a church, as we follow God's commands, as we walk with Him, as we band ourselves together, as we walk in unity and in unison, that kind of a picture. We're rowing together. It's, and Brother Roger, we make it through the rapids when we do that. some of the synonyms for one anothering is collectively cooperatively in tandem mutually some of the synonyms for one another one anothering one another it's it's together it's together it's pretty easy for some of us sometimes to think my idea is better than your idea or, 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 I think we ought to do this for these reasons that I got all my reasons. I've been there. We bring it to the brotherhood. The brotherhood discusses it, and they say, Well, let's, this is what we're thinking. This is the way we're going. This is, we, we, we come together. We may take a vote. We may take a voice. We may just simply uh, collectively decide this. That is, again, one anothering one another. <clears throat> Every person putting his whole heart into doing this thing, whatever it is. Doing this, what, doing this thing of working and walking with the brother. Every brother putting his heart into it. And every brother needs to be a brother, first of all. They need to have been born again by the Spirit of God. They need to have become a Christian. They need to have become Christ-like in all of their ways. They need to have the Holy Spirit-filled mind. They need to be a new creature in Christ. That is the way to one another, one another. That is the way to love one another. That is the way to build this, this body and make it become a, a force that will win the race. So we all have a choice. Let's start back. We all have a choice. And I say brothers, and I, I want to include the sisters too. You have a tremendous input, influence on us as husbands, You have a tremendous influence on the church in general. Sisters, brothers, young men, young ladies, you have an influence. Your willingness to walk along with us. Your willingness to receive counsel. Your willingness to to support where the church is going. You are the future church and you make a difference. Don't don't ever think. Those people who have decided that we're willing to walk with God. I want to, I, I forgot to go here first. I want to go here first. I want to read a scripture to you. You're welcome to turn there also. In Matthew chapter 25. I want to read a scripture. It's the, it's the key verse, the key scripture I want to uh, draw my thoughts from. Or, or it's the principle I want to talk about. In Matthew chapter 25, we we'll begin reading in verse 31. And I want you to get a setting here. Here is the setting. Jesus is talking. He says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him, just imagine this, and before Him shall shall be gathered all nations. Here is the Son of Man wherever He's sitting. He's there, and all the holy angels with Him. And before him, all the nations. Billions of people. It's a sea of people you can't see the end of. This is just the picture he's painting here. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them. He'll know every individual. He shall separate them. He says he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. He's separating the sheep and the goats. He's separating the good from the bad. He's separating the right from the wrong. He's separating the sinner from the forgiven. And over here on the right side, it's going to be those who he has something good to say to. Over here on the land, there's going to be just a few. Not going to be a lot. I mean, maybe a lot compared to the total number, but Jesus said there's only going to be a few find the way. And over here is going to be a vast multitude. Just a few over here. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come. He blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For you one another, each other. For I was in hunger and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall those few over here on the right say, the righteous answering him, saying, Lord, when saw we in hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Just one of the least. Then shall he say unto those on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they say also unto him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them and say, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto eternal life. It's an interesting, it's an interesting story Jesus gives here. <clears throat> he didn't say to the ones on the right, you. Trust it in me as your Savior. He didn't say you chose to be faithful when all these others chose to be unfaithful or didn't choose me. He didn't say that. What he said was what you did to one another is why you're on this side. Not minimizing the need of, of us to trust our Savior. Not minimizing that. But this is what He said. Think about that. This matters. It matters what you do. He's dividing. Sorry, you're not on the left side. And you're not on the right. I mean, I hope hope you're all on the right side. I tend to divide here. I I don't mean you're on the left side. You all know that. It matters what we do. Bear it in mind. With every time you get out of bed in the morning, bear it in mind. What is my responsibility today? One of the least of these, he says. Now that doesn't mean all of a sudden that all you get credited for is when they go to prison or when they're sick or when they're hungry or those kind of things. It means it comes right down to the very basis of anything. Whatever God is asking us to do, whatever is right, do it. You read again. Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. What you do to your brethren, what you do to your sisters, what you do to your neighbor, you're doing to Christ. You who have said, I will follow Christ in every way. Everything I do is doing unto Christ. And that is the dividing point. In John chapter 13, if you to turn with me, we'll read that. This, this message is not born of a. born because I see a great need among this people to. You guys, have to, you guys need to learn something here. It's not born of that. It's born of the fact that right down to the very little things matter. Little things matter. That, that's that's the, the, the motive behind my, my thoughts here this morning. In John chapter 13, uh, verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give unto you. Now he says a new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus talking. This is, this is something He wants to tell them. It's new. He hasn't necessarily said this before in this many words. He says, A new commandment i give unto to you. And I wants to say this too. John Wesley said it this way. He said, The sinner's commandment becomes the saint's promise. Maybe I've said that before here. I don't know. What that says is, If I tell you to do this, I also give you the grace to do this. I also give you the strength. I also give you the power to do this. So he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. What he's saying by that is, first of all, he says, I want you to love one another. Second of all, he says, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. There is the power in the promise. When He says, I have done this so that you can love one another. There's the power in the promise. Jesus gave Himself a sacrifice that cost Him everything. He did it so that you could love one another also. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many and to give his life a ransom for many this is love so each of you every individual every individual here who can who can understand what i'm saying what your purpose in life is to give yourself to others bless others help others be a blessing help others <clears throat> by this Shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. True love. True agape love. The love Jesus is talking about here is unconditional. It doesn't matter. Brother Mike said this morning. Sometimes our enemies are our neighbors. And we're to love our neighbors. True agape love. Unconditional. Not self-seeking. Rather expecting nothing in return. As I give. I expect nothing in return. As I bless others. As I sacrifice myself for others, as I submit myself to others, that's all I'm, that's my responsibility. That's my duty. Not expecting anything in return. Jesus did it and he said, Come follow me. Follow me. Do as I do. Do as I have done. Expecting nothing in return. I have a list of things where, here are scriptures where he talks about one anothering each other. And I'll go through that list fairly quickly here. Maybe I won't get through them all. I'm not sure. But I've, I've been talking about love. That's the first one I have. Love one another. True Christianity. He says... By, he said, Jesus called them unto him in Mark 10, he says, and ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them and the great ones exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. It's a little like this. It's a little like, you know, you go into a restaurant and you walk up to walk up there to the front and they, there's usually a sign there that says the hostess will seat you. And you wait a little bit. And then she comes. She asks how many. And you say two or four. However many is with you. And she leads you to a table. And then you sit down. Doesn't very long until the waitress comes. Or the waiter. Whoever it is. And he says. How can I help you? Well, can I get you something to drink? Is usually what they say. First thing they say. Can I get you something to drink? And, they, and then you give them the order. And then they'll, 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 get, they'll leave. And they'll go get you something to drink. They'll come back in a little bit. Again. Serving you. Waiting on you. Say. Are you ready to order? And usually we say, not yet, but sometimes you say yes. Eventually they come back then again and they say, we'll take your order. What they're doing is asking you to give them something to do. They're waiting on you. I realize they're getting paid for it, but let's just lay that out for the picture for a bit. And this is what they do. This is the the picture of Christianity. This is the picture of every individual life. So they come and they ask you, maybe, maybe, maybe take your order. They're asking you to tell them what to do. George, you are available. And in essence, your life being, tell me what I can do for you. Tell me what I can do for you. What can I do for you? That's what this waiter or waitress is doing. What can I get for you? So you give them your order, and you say, "Okay, well, they're willing to serve me." So I tell them what I like, and what I need, and what I want. So they go away, and they go out back there in the kitchen. There's a the cook back there, and they they fix your food exactly the way they think you want it. You order something off the menu there, and they fix it exactly. Try to do it exactly like you want it. They have put every effort into making sure that what they give you is what you want. What they give you is what you want. What you give them is what they want. So here they are. They're back there fixing your food. You're waiting. And then they come out. and they bring your food out to you. And it looks most of the time it's just exactly what you ordered. You begin eating. and, And after a bit they'll come around and say, is everything okay? This is the picture of you to your fellow man. Is everything okay? Can I help you? Can I change anything? In a good restaurant, I don't think I've ever done this, but I I don't know if I've ever seen it. But I would say this, in a good restaurant, if there's anything wrong, they'll immediately take that plate of food away and they'll give you, they'll try again to give you what they want. So there you are, you're eating and, and you get done and it's very good, you're satisfied, they come back again and they say, would you like something else? Would you like some dessert? Again, they're asking for an order. They're asking for you to tell them what you can do for them, they can do for you. In this case, they're at, I am your brothers, are, or you as the waiter or the waitress, is saying, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? What matters more to me, what matters the most to me, is to make you, give you what you want or what you need. Not what I want. It's not what a waiter or the waitress wants. It's what can you tell me? What I can do for you? That kind of a spirit. What can I do? That's a picture of true love and true Christianity. <clears throat> Inside of this, there is one time when the disciples were, were uh, the James and John. They were, they were, they were discussing. Who would get the best seats here? And this king divides his sheep and the goats, and who's going to be closest to the Lord? They were asking, and they were discussing this, and and um, Jesus' answer was, "That's not mine to give. That's my Father's to give." His point in all that was, "There's no big eyes and little use. There's no big eyes and little use." Though you have your brothers who stand before you and preach every Sunday. Though I stand before you, however that is. They are your servants. And I, I believe and I, I, I trust and I believe they do. They have this, the attitude and the spirit of simply trying to help you. Bless you. Help you on your walk. Help you see the truth. Help you walk with one another. In a way that is. The way Christ wants it to be. And the way I see, what I see here. In 1 Peter, he says, And above all things, above all things, the primary thing to have, he says, above all things, Have fervent charity among yourselves. I know a little bit about what love is. Been married for 46 years. I love my wife dearly. You know, I've said that to you lots of times. But I love my wife dearly. I think, and I tell her, I will do anything for you. Fervent charity. Fervent charity. Fervent love. Fervent desire to bless you with what you need. A fervent desire. That includes all of us. A fervent desire that I would be a blessing to you. Have fervent charity Among yourselves For charity shall cover the multitude of sins Charity, love um, Willingness to forgive All those kind of things I can overlook I can let go Of some of those things that might hurt me Or might might make me say I'm not sure I want to do that for you We're human And sometimes we don't always do things right Sometimes somebody may take us wrong. Sometimes we may offend somebody. Fervent charity says, now there's a place to correct those things and bring those things out. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm just simply saying fervent charity. Fervent. A willingness to fervently serve one another. So we sit in our brothers' meetings or we have our, our sisters talk on the phone or wherever they talk. Fervent charity. Fervent means I am greatly desiring to have a charity, have love for you. Have that kind of love, have that kind of a heart. You know, God highly values fervency. In fact, fervency is the only thing he really accepts. He says, he says there in the, uh, the, 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 the book of the Revelation there to the church at Laodicea, he says. Because thou are lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That's a lack of fervency. I'm not talking about a warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm talking about a a willingness to sacrifice myself. A willingness to do what it takes to serve you. A willingness to do what it takes to hold on to what is truth. Now let me go this much further and say, you know, it's possible that I myself can hide my sins from somebody else. You know that's possible. I can hide my sin. I can do all the best things. And I, can, I can do it. You can do it for a while. But you know when you do that. That fervency is going to dissipate. It's going to go away. And you're not going to fulfill what God asks of you. That sin is going to absorb. It's going to take, it's going to take away from you. You're going to be more focused on yourself and your sin. Than you are on, every, on anybody else a good way to lose fervency. Keep your sins hidden. Keep your sins hidden. Don't confess them. I'm not going to tell anybody. The men, the women, who hide their sins are the men and the women who lose their fervency and they will There'll be an extra weight the brotherhood has to carry, has to bring along. They're going to still love you, but you're not able, you're a slacker. You're not able to pull your own weight. Deal with your sins. That was number one. Number two, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, he says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Kindly affectioned in honor preferring. In honor. Not because it's a matter of, okay, now this I should do. I should push him ahead a little bit. In honor. Because I believe in my heart that you deserve to be honored. Because you are a child of God. I am willing to, in honor, prefer you ahead of myself. Or to push you ahead. Be kindly affectioned one to another. Kindly affectioned. You know, kindness is a thing that automatically goes with love. But at the same time, I can say I love you and I tend to be a little bit unkind sometimes. That's possible. I'm married. I know what that's like. Sometimes I know I love my wife. Sometimes I'm not all that kind. I should be more kind to her. Paul says, God says, Be kindly affectioned one to another. Kindly affectioned. In other words, when you think about anybody in the fellowship here. Let's just keep it to this. It can go outside of this. Let's keep it to this. And you think about them. Kindly affectioned. In honor preferring. Kindly affectioned. In honor preferring one above another. I take myself... And I say, how can I wait on you? How can I give something that's going to build you up? That's going to make you a little more Christ-like. It's going to help you to to walk with Christ. That it's not going to stumble you. It's going to be a stepping stone to you. What can I do, and how can I do it? Number three. Romans fifteen seven says. Wherefore receive ye one another, even as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Sometimes it's easy to really appreciate a brother or a sister or an individual. It's really easy to. They think like you. Um, they support you. They bless you. All those kind of things. And they, they're just, just a blessing. You like them. <clears throat> Sometimes it's not always that way. Sometimes, maybe somebody gets under your skin a little bit. Okay, first of all, you got a problem. If you let them get under your skin. The second of all, he says, receive one another. Even those who people who are a little different, or what do you want to call it? Or what, I don't, I, there's nobody here like that, I'm sure. But those kind of things, he says, receive one another. Receive one another. He says, as also Christ received us, And because Christ did that to the glory of God. And it's the same way with us. We receive one another as Christ received us with open arms. Come as you are. I accept you. He has some expectations. Rightfully so. He's righteous. But come as you are and He will receive us to the glory of God. And remember... As we receive one another, and again, I'm not talking about there, there are there are things that's required in all this. I'm not I'm not even talking about those things. But I'm saying those requirements. Here we are together. We're walking with God. We're wanting to walk in the ways of the scriptures. All those kind of things. But we have sometimes people who it's a little more difficult to. They have a little different idea or or whatever it may be. He doesn't say only if they think like you, he said, receive one another, even as Christ received you to the glory of God. That's glorifying to God. <clears throat> and number four, in Romans fifteen fourteen, he says, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Able to admonish. Able to understand the right principles of God in loving one another. Able to give and receive admonition. Able to give and receive admonition. That's what God is telling us. In every command, there's also a promise. If He says He wants us to receive admonition, receive one another as Christ, excuse me, able also to admonish one another he also gives us the power to do that able to receive admonishment <clears throat> i have seen in this church and you have to sometimes we've given some admonishment to some people able to receive it that's not always i've i've received admonishment in the past I know what it feels like. It doesn't feel so good. It just doesn't feel so good in my flesh. But wait a minute. What about this? And what about that? And what you did? Able to receive. Able to receive. Able to receive admonishment. Able also to admonish one another. In other words, able to do it in a way that It's done out of love. That I can give you admonishment. I'm willing to do that. You can give each other admonishment. You're willing to do that. And able to receive it. I have a bunch more but I'm going to to skip over them and we go to the the last here. I'm going to soon close here. What I've talked about is the calling of Christ to us. It's what Christ is calling us to. This is His words to us. This is the Holy Spirit speaking through different men. Paul, Peter, speaking to them, through them to us. And you may wonder, but what about me? Do I have any rights? Is there any place for me to stand up and say, wait a minute? Or is there any place for me to stand up and say, you haven't loved me like you should. Is there any place for me to do that? There may be. But a greater heart and a greater attitude I'd like to speak about very briefly is a greater one is the ability to receive. I need to receive it. I've talked about giving love and, and all those things. But also, can I receive it? Can't I? Don't I have some rights? Don't 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 I don't they have to do something? Don't shouldn't they change a little bit? Shouldn't Well let's think about Jesus a little bit. What did Jesus do? Didn't he have some rights? Did couldn't he have said they're the ones that did it wrong to his father. They're the ones that did it wrong. Do I have to go through this? They did it wrong, not me. The Spirit of Christ is. I'll do it for them. I give it myself for them. Back to my verse. Inasmuch as you have done it. Unto the least of these my brethren. You have done it unto me. May we each one. Each one of us. Take this to heart. and Say, whatever I do, and even the little things I do, even to the youngest brother here or the youngest sister here or even to the oldest, if I've done it unto anybody, I've done it unto Christ. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, as we come to You this, this morning, we thank You for Your Word. We pray, Lord. I pray, Father, that The message you gave to us in your word. I pray, Father, that we might each one let it permanently permeate our hearts and become we become what you want us to be. I thank you also, Father, for the I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. That has come and affected these brothers' and sisters' lives. This church and and all the lives in it. You have affected them. I pray you continue to. And I know that you will. But I pray, Father, that as they continue to walk together. That they might walk together. Having fervent charity among them. Being willing to love with having kindly affection. In honor of preferring one another. Admonishing one another and receiving admonishment. Serving one another. Accepting one another. I pray, Father, that all this, while this is talking about us, that it's also others can see. I pray, Father, give them a witness that others can also see this church loves one another. People are drawn to love. People are drawn to that kind of a heart. We're drawn to you because of that. I pray, Father, that if I can pray this, help us to see our faults, help us to see our failings, help us to see our sins. Show them to us. That we might gladly Willingly confess and repent and become whole again. May your kingdom come. Your kingdom come and your will be done in us perfectly like it is in heaven. Father, we're, we are just a group of people. And we are striving to serve you. We're striving and, and willing to expend all of our energies in doing those things you ask us to do. Now I pray, Father, that you would help us to be able to keep that priority, not get distracted by the things of life and the things of earth and all those kind of things. Not get distracted and let our flesh take over. I pray, Father, help us to keep in mind we are about Jesus Christ. We are about the body of Christ. We are about living and working and being and and loving for You. In You. And You. That's what we're about. Help us, Lord, to do that. Sincerely. With hearts of absolute surrender. Help us, Lord. I pray, Father, protect this little group here. Protect them. There's an enemy out there. And there's a flesh within. Both are desiring to distract and destroy. I pray, Father, protect them. And I pray, Father, especially for these young people here. As they make their way in life, as they make their determinations, as they make their choices. Help each one of them, Father, to recognize it's not about me. It's about us. It's about you. To love God and love our neighbor is is what you're asking. Help these young people, Father, to recognize the value of walking together walking together. Lead them, Lord. Not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. All of us, Lord. Not just these young people, but all of us. Lead us, Lord. Somehow, Father, somehow, Father, instill this deep in our hearts and make it a a root a cause, a purpose, a motive, an intention. We might love one another as Christ has loved us. And fulfill all of Your will, Your commands. Pray these things. In the name of Jesus, thank You, Father, for hearing. Thank you for your promises we know are true. Thank you for those things. For your glory and for your sake. Amen.